0: Austabella, it's good to see you again. Happy Saturday morning. Happy One of
1: my, one of my best friends in the world, Matt Dean We're hanging out on the weeks now. Wow.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. We, we were hanging out this week because we went down to uh, the issue 38 debate, which is the PB Cle, the Participatory Budget Cleveland. And, um, you know, it was at the first, first it was at the Public Auditorium, which is the first time I've been in there. And I think that was a really cool space. It needs a little TLC. Um, but, you know, knowing that. Taxpayer money paid for a public works to get people together so they can do, you know, rallies and you know, debates and concerts. I think that's pretty cool.
1: To be honest oh, with you, oh, that place was great. It was, and I've been to the bigger one. I feel like that was the smaller hall, uh, still super classy. Like I said, hundred years old. Uh, but I've been to the bigger one where uh, when I saw Frank Jackson give the State of the City, it's a it's a beautiful <laughs> spot. And yes, we need to put it put it to more public use.
0: All right, so we were there. We were talking about a debate. We we're looking at the debate for PB Cle. There was uh, four people on the debate stage. It was the pro PB Cle and the against PB Um and two people that I had on my other podcast, Kyle, today uh, was on. Or what? No, I'm sorry, one person was Chris Harsh, and then um, I, I thought that they did. I, I thought that the, the format was really good. I thought that they had a very good way to facilitate discussion. They maintained the rules. So did the the crowd. They maintained the rules. Like they didn't want people to, you know, not answer questions or avoid questions or ask too many questions outside of the rules. I, I just thought it was a great public forum of of debate of the issue, which people, you know, probably came in there with. Uh, I think every I am I, gonna say eighty percent of the people that came in there with uh, knowing how they were gonna vote for it already didn't right. leave changing it, but I think that it did help. So either to solidify or change a couple votes, you know, in, in my opinion. So I thought it was a great public forum. What do you think?
1: Oh, I, yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think that a lot of times, like working in the court system and stuff, a lot of times it's not even about um, winning or losing or changing. It's more about feeling heard, you know, getting to kind of state your position, feeling heard by an audience. Um, yeah, the, the way humanity is, kind of we're dualistic thinkers. It's going to be tough to change people's opinions. Uh, I think in a, in, a, in a real ideal world, the no side would come there. And you did a great job of this on your when you had them on the podcast. You well, know, thank you, sir. You're trying to, see, like, the no side should, should come there trying to learn, you know, why the yes side is doing this and what they're what they're kind of right about and the yes side should come there trying to kind of learn about why the no side is the no side and you know come to grips with that they're right about a thing or two or something like this you know Mm -hmm. what i mean instead of the 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 blue red of it or the black white of it you know something like Mm -hmm. this so Uh, I thought it was phenomenal. I'm right there with you. I thought it was great.
0: Yeah, yeah. and and then after we were talking to each other and we're like, you know, I wish we had, you know, the mayoral debates kind of like that. We wish that uh, city council would have their opponents on there to talk, you know, and discuss issues like that. I wish that, you know, we would have some of these upcoming elections with this kind of format. It was longer form. It, It was timed perfectly, just a little under an hour. And you know, again, I, I just love the facilitating of the conversation. They're able to ask each other questions. Again, the audience was there to hold people accountable. If they didn't answer the question, you heard it from the audience. They're like, no, man, answer the question.
1: Or is like Chris Harsh asked like six questions in a row. And it's like, well, the format is one question and then rotate. <laughs> You know, and the crowd really let him hear about it. Oh, yeah, hundred percent. When he did the six questions, and, in and, a and row. they should
0: have. Yeah. They should have, and I thought that was that was great. Hold hold everybody accountable, and it was held accountable in real time in a public forum. And so, I, I hope we have more discussions like that. I was very happy to be there. And there's two things, three things that I I, I think I took away from it. Number one is when we we're leaving, I don't know if you noticed that there's was uh, two people walking behind us, and they're like, "Well, you know what." Uh, Chris, he's not, Chris wasn't very charismatic, and but he just gave the facts and it really made me think about what, the, and I was like, that dude came away with something, you know, um, about this. Um, I also, the second thing I, I took away from this was how energetic people were. Yes. Like, at the beginning it was everybody was just kinda sitting there like, oh, we're gonna watch this. But they came out, we came out with an energy. It was almost like watching, and I don't wanna compare it to like a sports match or, but it, it showed that public discourse and debate can be as high energy as something else that's supposed to be entertainment and so you can actually get the same kind of um, elation or feeling or energy from being involved in the public discourse and i thought that was really cool myself you know so it's like i saw the energy coming out of it people were hyped about the discussion they're discussing the discussion um and they're were, they're were really excited about civic involve, involvement and so that was a positive thing coming out of there the third thing i came out of there with is I was talking to the union guys that were sitting there, and there's a, a lot of union guys, and most of them are against. Uh, actually, all of them are against issue thirty-eight. I think besides maybe one uh, union's. I think it's uh, uh, the janitors. Okay. I think they're for issue thirty-eight. Don't quote me on that. Um, but you know, I was talking to them, and I was talking to them afterwards, and they're like, "We saw both sides. We get it. We get it. You know, we see the both sides. However, the issue thirty-eight, the the no on issue thirty-eight side." checks these boxes for either the union, the workers or um, just what I think this operations or the system of this issue theory38 should be. So long story short is it was well received by all.
1: seemed like it. yeah no I, I for me personally, you know and you know I'm trying to I'm trying to take me out of it but for me personally, there's a huge unspoken, discussion that's not being had in this discussion. And it's how much money do we have? And <laughs> that may sound like, no, that's what we're talking about. But the, the no side continues to say things like um, we've got to make the choice between burying our dead and putting our kids on buses. This street, Brook Park Road, went on. It, they paved half of it and then we didn't have enough money to pay the other half. And what the yes side is saying is we got enough money for all that, you know, that we're doing this because we want that road paved because we don't want to have to make the choice about burying our dead or putting our kids on buses. So there's really a, um, there's a gap in terms of, uh, or or the principles of the side, the, the, the one side is you can't take our money. We need our money. There's not enough money, and the other side is saying we got more than enough money. We got no, we have more than enough money. And so, um, I don't think that that really has gotten ironed out. Um, and I don't know that there is a such thing as truth. Uh, but it, it, none, that's why. I, so you say you you thought it was absolutely perfect. Me personally, and I did like 15 debates when I when I ran for mayor. I think it could have been an hour and a half or two hours, and I think there could be more debates. Like what you're saying is we need more debates. We need more debates on many, many issues and races. And yes, that's what I think even about this one issue is we maybe need more of a discussion on it.
0: You know, I think that is a, Ross, you actually bring up an excellent point. And I think it's just the frustration with, from the American people, the Ohio people, the Northern Ohio people right now that says, why do we always have money for this, right. but we never have money for that? Yes. Why do we always why do we always go in funding the military? And when the military asks for eight hundred fifty billion dollars, the Congress sits down and says, "You know what? Fuck it. We'll give you forty billion yeah. more." <laughs> yeah. and, and that doesn't happen in any other forum. It doesn't say it's not like we have a disaster zone in you know uh, in Maui, and right. they say, "You know what? We're going to give you five billion dollars more because you deserve it." It doesn't it doesn't happen with it. So the and so this is the same thing, and I understand where P.B. Klee's coming with this, and I thousand percent agree. It's like, why do we have $750 million for a new jail? Right. Yet we don't have $14 million to try to allocate, uh, and I have another comment about that in a minute, to allocate for X, Y, or Z. Why do we have, uh, why do we talk about taxes and raising taxes for new sports stadiums and things like that, but we don't raise taxes to, make sure our elderly don't get kicked out of their houses because of their tax abatements go Mm -hmm. by and then now the taxes are too high in their gentrified neighborhoods. Or that there's, and I like how they had the sample ballot. They said on one of the checks on the sample ballot that they had is when they were talking about, for people who were listening, um, they they were passing around a sample, sample ballot that showed what kind of things they could fund with the money. And one of the things on there was like, buy 50 roofs for elderly people. And you know what that makes total sense to me It's like what, repair the
1: roofs yeah repair yeah, the roofs. Yeah. so mm-hmm. it's
0: like 1.1 million dollars to repair 50 roofs and you know what if you're 70 years old and you go on social security and you happen to live to 88 years old and it's 18 years you don't have money for a roof yet your house needs a new damn roof right i would love my taxpayer money to buy somebody elderly a new roof repair their roof repair their driveway make sure their plumbing works
1: I'll go, absolutely, a, I'll, absolutely. I'll go a step further. That raises the property values of all the houses on the street that don't need a new roof, you know? Exactly, And exactly. so, uh, yeah, yeah, well said. I, I completely agree with that. I completely agree with that. And
0: so and one of these things that, and <clears throat> I was actually, so there's this guy, he's a city leader here in Cleveland, uh, not in Cleveland, in um, <clears throat> uh, Brexville. His name is Bob, Bob Belovick, and he is- uh,
1: Oh, I'm definitely familiar with that name.
0: Well, he's, he's, he's everywhere okay. in, in Democratic politics. But he he's been telling me to go talk look into uh, monetary, modern monetary theory. Now, personally, I, I, I've been deep diving out of respect to him. Not not a fan, but I've been learning a lot about it. And one of their um, biggest discussions about um, MMT is that is that we always seem to find. It, okay, let me let me just take out the I guess the idea of, of MMT real quick. It's, let's print money to fund all the things we want because we're not around money, which is what they say, this is what the government's doing already, right? But it's only going toward the things that they want to fund. So it's like, why don't we print the same amount of money that we're always printing, but whether it was for military, it's for X, Y, or Z, but let's instead figure out a way that we print that money for, you know, other, other things like infrastructure or, you know, whatever, uh, humanity things, sure. education, and so on and so forth. And I think that that's what basically P.B. Clee is saying. It's like, we always print money. Like, when we talk about buying bonds, one of the ideas of uh, of this monetary theory is like, you're buying government bonds or selling government bonds to, take, to get more money or buying or coming into some more debt to fund certain projects. It's like, why don't you sell a different kind of bonds? Why don't you put like a infrastructure bond? Why don't you put a healthcare bond? Why don't you put a um, a elderly bond? So you, instead of just t- making treasury bonds or, or U.S. bonds, why don't you create a whole different bond system and buy and sell those so you could fund these different projects? I mean, you're still going to create the debt. So why don't you make a debt that helps people? And I, and I think that's a really good, interesting idea to look at because it's true. In modern politics, with modern government, Nothing that the people want overwhelmingly ever comes to fruition, ever. 70% of people say that the child's tax credit is is keeping kids out of poverty. People don't want kids in poverty, yet for some reason, we are going to stonewall keeping kids out of
1: poverty. But then give them more for what they them, for what they asked for bombs in the Pentagon and bombs
0: things like that. and shit like yes, that like yes. what just the other day that F thirty uh, five went missing right <laughs> yeah they, they couldn't find the damn thing that's a one point seven trillion dollar failure of a product product uh, they said that only fifty five percent of the time these things could fly and it costs around four hundred thirty five thousand dollars an hour to fly these fucking things
1: preaching to the choir I I, I think that's very well said I think. F- um, finance, which I need to get a lot better on. I need to study more about, but and poverty, um, poverty and the poverty rate transcends, um, transcends all these kind of ideal, uh, ideological kind of groups like the red and blue, the Republicans and the Democrats, white people and black people, uh, immigrants and, and Americans, you know, poverty transcends all of that. So I think when you're writing good policy. That really needs to be your goal, getting, getting, putting some money in people's pockets, you know, and because you take a lot of money from people every April fifteenth. You take a lot of money 100%. from people every every April fifteenth. So uh, that's the human species, you know, giving toward helping the helping your neighbor, helping the human species, and again, it's getting perverted or it's getting kind of allotted in a way that doesn't seem to be helping the people that are giving, and so. I think that's the disconnect between the two groups. I don't think, you know, I'm a, I'm a yes on, on 38 guy. I don't think the no on 38 folks are uh, uh, bad meaning people, you know, are anything but well intentioned. I think they're very well intentioned. I just think Brook Park Road and school buses can be paid for by me and my neighbors taxes. And. Yeah, that may mean a hard decision about not putting 750 million toward a new jail and 135 million dollars toward Progressive Field, but if you want to make change, you got to do hard things. You know, you got to do something differently, and so that's the big chasm between the two groups. I think. Well, I mean,
0: we're basically talking about spending. We're talking about money, and and so the way that I look at it is, I, I there's two conversations that never get had, is one, why do we keep Basically, printing money to fuel debt to fuel the things that these basically blank checks. When it comes to you know, sports stadiums and jails and and you know these kind of things, um, military. And the uh, the other thing is, is I think I just lost my train of thought.
1: <laughs> well, well, we got time. We will get it back. You know, and, and yeah, it was a great debate. It was a great debate. And and uh, let me let me jump to another topic about this, debates and discourse and voting is kind of more important than the end result. The end result's important, right? That's where we're at right now. I think we have too high of a poverty rate and whatnot and blah, 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 but.
0: Well, it's 38% in, in uh, Cleveland, right?
1: Uh, 30.8.
0: 30. 30.8, 30. 30. 8, yeah, yes. 30.8 is too high. 30%, 30%, 30%, it means yeah. 30% of the people, right. let's call it 31% of the people, live at or under, what is it, 14,000 a year?
1: No, uh, for a family of three, it's like 23,000.
0: And what about a one person?
1: I don't even know the one person. Okay, you know, I think it's, I think it's yeah, like, it changes. It's like twelve or something. It's like, yeah. but still, it's very. It's a very minuscule amount of money, right? And, um, you know, but but the bigger thing is, um, and I've been on this train here for a few weeks now since the Republicans and the State House got involved. You can be Cleveland City Council, you can be you, the whoever you are, and want to vote no on this, and hope to tell your neighbor, influence your neighbor to vote no on this, but. The last thing you should do is not want us all to vote on it. It's really not a democracy if you say we should only be able to vote on things the way I want to vote on things. And so, you know, next year, it's going to be like, vote, vote, vote. This is the biggest election of your lives. This is the biggest. But, you know, things don't really change that much on the ground level for people, whether Trump or Biden is the president. And this is a we just saw the no on one thing. We've got issue one. We've got issue two. If you really cared about your neighbor, you would at least want them to be able to vote on policy that affects them and their tax dollars. And so that's my biggest currently that's my biggest problem with the no side is it, you know, they're fine with us not being able to vote because they're scared they're going to lose. And that's well that's like why are you telling me to vote when when Roe versus Wade gets overturned? You're not, you know, just just because you kind of on one side of it, it you know uh, and so that's the, the biggest problem right now is we're not fighting for each other's right to vote on policy that affects them, even if you disagree with the other side.
0: So I looked at the poverty line. now yeah, uh, for an individual, it's 145. Okay. Uh, two is nineteen seven, and then three is twenty four
1: eight. Twenty four eight. Okay, that went up a little bit. Um, well,
0: yeah, this is twenty twenty three poverty levels, federal poverty levels. Yeah,
1: that that one. That was, I, I remember it being twenty three. Okay, so that makes sense.
0: Um, so anyway, look, a single person living on fourteen five is. Yeah, it's ridiculous.
1: ridiculous. It's, it's
0: ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's really ridiculous. Um, but no, I remember what I was going to say. Is one thing that we don't also don't talk about is we don't talk about the efficiency of government spending. And, oh, uh, of and course like, not. And I, I wish we talked about like we kind of always assume like when they tell us the numbers, it's like, oh, that's how much it costs. Like when Bib put out like the new website, it's gonna cost uh, over oh, half a million right, dollars. Right, nobody
1: questioned it except you. It's
0: <laughs> it's, it's it's a fucking website, you yeah. know? You don't need a half a million dollars to make a website. I, right. At least not that website. Of course not. You know, yeah. and and I, 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 could, I could promise you I can make 40 websites for that for amount, that amount
1: of money for yeah.
0: that that function the same way for that right. amount of money. I've and I told you, like I reached out to the web people that I know. I know multiple designers, the web designers, and the top the top, top top said 70 grand. Yeah. And that was working with them to do the research to collect all the data to put it in the website. Some people said 30 grand.
1: It doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense. It doesn't make any sense. Government it, spending is um, there's no accountability. There's no accountability.
0: And, and so, like we're talking about, they're like, like the building that we're sitting in here. They said, "Oh, this cost dollars 15.8." Is this really a 15 million dollar building? I don't know.
1: It's very nice, but it, probably it, not. It is very nice, but
0: I, I, I know houses. <laughs> yeah. I know houses this big. I, I've right. There's houses on the lake that are this big.
1: Yeah. I mean, one maybe one the one elevator was a little bit
0: of money, but it, was it really 15.8? No, absolutely I mean, not. I don't <laughs> think so. You <laughs> know, well, so it's like can can and I, and I think we can get this down even with uh, you know hiring the proper labor and the proper inspections and the proper people. It's just that we government spending is just so irresponsible it's irresponsible yes, sir, and you know I think that we just need more accountability, so I think that the first thing that people should do is really just have um, proper auditing. Proper uh, publicity bids, and
1: knowledge. Yep.
0: And and, and and make sure that we are are efficiently using these funds. And I'm talking yes. about federal, state, city, right, county. Yep. Exactly. The whole the whole nine. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the day, once there's a proper audit, and, there, and, you, and you say this is where we can cut all this shit because you're overpaying for all this, and we just price it out ourselves. This is how much money you have lo- left over. And now you can do the. It would, all be, this a works. It would I, be
1: a lot. It would
0: be a <laughs> lot. It would be a shit ton.
1: Right. It would be a lot. Yeah. It would be a shit ton. <laughs>
0: um we got to move off this we we're talking about this for 20 minutes I love but it, let's, let's keep it local um let's talk about the redistricting there's, there's a couple things in ohio that you put on the map uh first energy guy i don't know what that means jerrymandered maps and then sereno anti-pb ranked choice voting home rule bill actually let's, let's talk about this the sereno one um can you explain that a little bit
1: well that's kind of just what i was talking about that the um the representative from kirtland is putting up a bill. They've gotten wind of it, and I don't want to accuse anybody of call, uh, of calling him and asking him to put this bill up, right? But well, because somebody called you out. Wait, ca- wait I think a couple people have said, you know, how would you say that? I, you know, and I, I, don't. I hope I didn't say it that way, but well, you did say it that way. You said I, it on our last thing. Whatever. That's that was my assumption. I'm not saying I know. It's just my assumption.
0: Well, I mean, it, it, one plus one equals.
1: Yeah, well, exactly. Kind of. Exactly, because they do this participatory budgeting thing in hundreds of cities across the country and in other countries. They do it in Scotland, they do it in South America, they do it everywhere. And so, but in Ohio, it's not done. And in Ohio, we have a questionable kind of leadership from the state, state house and in these municipal city halls. We've got a lot of issues in Ohio. And somehow, a Republican at the state house got wind of it. My assumption is either some leader in Cleveland, whether it be a councilman, one of these union leaders, or just one of the big donors, right, that maybe donates to both, Cleveland City Council and State House Republicans, you know, made a call and said, hey, the people are coming for their money. The people are, we can't have this. We can't have this. And so he put up this bill and it does, it's not just about um, PB Clee, but I think that's the most relevant because we're supposed to be voting on it in November and they're trying to neuter it. They're trying to um, you know, make it so even if it passes, no, no city in Ohio can do this. You know, because the, leg- the mun- city halls, municipal city halls have the power of the purse, and that's you elect these people, and that's the end of the story. And so, uh, but it also has um, prohibitions against ranked choice voting in there. And so I love, I'm a big fan of the idea of- And this already racing.
0: passed the Senate, right?
1: It passed the Senate. I don't think it passed the House it, yet, but I think pass, it will, I think it, was, it will.
0: So again, I talked to some, some guys and they're like, yeah, we don't, we don't agree with this. Like you, you shouldn't be able to ban, you know, uh, a citizen led uh, amendment or-
1: Home rule voting. Yeah, home rule lead and voting.
0: Like, it's so anti-democratic. Yes. It's so anti-democratic. Anyway, it's just it's just interesting that that's what they're trying to move. So they saw that the people, and this is let's just put this in a nutshell. The elected officials in Columbus, in the Capitol, saw that the people were organizing to try to spend their taxpayer money the way that they wanted to be spent, and they said, "You can't do that. We're passing a fucking bill."
1: Right. Vote in no, vote in November once every four years. That's your that's your recourse for how your money's spent.
0: No matter how we're doing and <laughs> right. and. That's not right. Yeah. That is absolutely not right. Anyway, that's what they did. Yeah,
1: but- and so the, the the First Energy guy, I, I don't know what committee he got appointed to, but essentially the only thing, I, yeah, and that's one thing I didn't read up much on, but essentially like Nikki Antonio and some of these Democrats confirmed him. He's been, we're going to talk about this with Melendez, I guess he's, you know, he's a First Energy lobbyist basically, and we know how kind of corrupt First Energy has been over these past five or seven years, or actually more than that, 30 years, you know, so- um, but Democrats conf- helped confirm him through. Democrats uh, voted with the major or the plurality of Republicans on these gerrymandering maps. And, and I assume it's gonna happen with, I think one Democratic Senator went with them on the PB, and I think they're more even gonna go in the House. So essentially what you're learning is uh, we've got bipartisanship now. We've got, <laughs> we've got bipartisanship at the Ohio State House. Um, And they're doing some things that I think rank Democrat voters, you know, uh, religiously lifelong Democrat voters aren't happy with, with this gerrymandered maps and the home rule and this first energy guy. So that's, that's why I put that up. there. Democrats are now working with Republicans at the state house. So,
0: so I have a huge rant about this. Um, So we have new gerrymandered maps and I think that, um, Chief Justice, former Chief Justice Marino O'Connor said the best in in a statement that she put out. She said, this is bipartisan, gerrymandered, horse picking. And so what happened was, is we are supposed to be drawing new maps here in Ohio, and this is for the State House, State Senate, Congress as well, but Congress, they just confirmed the old maps. And so they said, okay, we're not going to deal with that. And then uh, they said that we're going to, um, uh, we're going to draw maps. And so, part of the, the map drawing process is you're supposed to. Part of the map drawing process is that you're supposed to um, have a public hearing. So they had m- multiple public hearings. So they put out these maps. Nikki Antonio and the uh, Democrats put out maps, and and then the GOP put out maps. And they had public hearings on the GOP maps because that's the ones that the majority was going to support. And so they went all over to Punderson, uh, and had a meeting. They had down in Columbus had a meeting, and the public came out to say what they thought about the, the maps. The day that they voted, they voted bipartisan on new maps. Nobody saw the maps. They drew the maps behind closed doors and didn't even have public hearings on the maps. It wasn't even the maps that they public hearings on. And so the new maps came out and, we're, and everybody's just like, what the hell? Now there's, there's a couple things I want to comment about these maps. Number one, everybody's saying that this is the lesser of all evils, but here's the thing is if the, if the Democrats confirm the maps as well, they turn into forever maps, the eight-year maps, until the next census. I do not know if the Maureen O'Connor um, anti-gerrymandering legislation that's going to go through negates those maps now, even though the law could be in the books. But I don't know if you have a bipartisan commission draw the new maps in 2026 because now we have a constitutional amendment. Or we have to wait till the new census in 2030. I'm not clear on that. Hmm. So I've heard both things. I've heard, heard both things. But because the Democrats have uh, agreed to these maps, it is now uh, until 2032 maps. Um, the second thing is is they were saying that this is the lesser of evil, saying that if we didn't concede, then they would, the maps would have been worse. But then if you didn't concede, it would only be a four-year map. And you get to draw it again. Mm -hmm. And then maybe the, you know, whatever. And then you at least could say we didn't concede. But here's the thing. In 2022, the maps that they didn't concede to was drawn 57-42. 57 Republican, 42 Democrat. The Republicans picked up 10 seats in Democrat-leaning districts, 10 seats, and gave them a 67-seat supermajority. These maps are drawn 61. 38 Nine. 61 39 38.
1: there's 99 seats in the house. Oh oh got you gotcha you. I understand 60,
0: 61 38 gotcha. <laughs> So there's 61 strong 6138 and they're saying that we could pick up an extra six seats. Possible, but we lost 10 last time when it was when it was even more favorable. The third thing is I want to point out is again this was horse picking. People are they, they locked in safe seats seats and not only did they lock in safe seats, is they locked in succession for said seats. We right. can see by the districts and how they're drawn, who's gonna be in this seat now, and after they term out, where they're gonna go, and who's gonna run for that, that next seat, and who's gonna be their, their guy for <laughs> certain districts. Basically, again, Democrats and Republicans, bipartisan, chose your representatives. And now, if you right. wanna run for office, you have one of two, two uh, choices. Buck the, try to buck the whole system, which is going to make you very, very unpopular. Very unpopular.
1: Look with that.
0: Right. and Which means you're going to be running up against incumbents. You're going to be running against running,
1: the party machinery. Against the party
0: machines that already told you who you're going to vote for. Yep. Right? Or number two. or number Actually, there's no number two. That's it.
1: Right. <laughs> number two is, is becoming one of them. and, and Exactly. You're shutting the yeah, fuck up and Becoming voting. one nah. of them and, and having no uh, challenge for change. No challenge for change. And that's, and that's kind of my argument. I want to get a little bit above and beyond the whole um, 60, uh, you know, 60, whatever, 38. Because for me, 100% of our current electives don't, don't got it, if you will. They don't have the it factor, if you will. And um, it shows you what this first energy thing, right? S- a friend of mine, a former competitor, State Senator Sandra Williams, she sponsored that that she co-sponsored that first energy legislation. So, the same way I would tell you that Wall Street, uh, Wall Street, Big Pharma, the military-industrial complex supports both um, uh, G, uh, J.D. Vance, Rob Portman, um, Sherrod Brown, and Tim Ryan. I would tell you, you know, th- the powers that be, the the main donors to the GOP and the DNC, Allison Russo. You know, these people are bought and paid for, bought and paid for. And I, and I hate to say that because a lot of people take great offense to a statement like that, but it's my reality, it's my truth. And uh, I think you, you're you gonna have, I, I don't think it's uh, 67, 38, I think it's 99 to zero. You have, you have no say in policy. You have no say in policy and they will fight for First Energy's profits. And they will take, you know, Jimmy DeMora or Larry Householder right out of federal prison and they'll put them right back in positions of power. And um, that's where I'm at with it, a little bit more negative.
0: I kind of think that we as people do mental gymnastics a lot. And I think that this is a mental gymnastic because I do know that there are good people in the state house. And I do know that there are very capable people in the state house. I think that the mental gymnastics come in when you start saying that this is the lesser of all evil. I heard um one of the representatives go in front of a meeting the other day, and this and what I heard from this is not personally, but I heard this from this representative before anyway, is that they were talking about how the Democrats made the Republican bills less extreme, right, and so they said they said, well you should You should see these bills before we get our hands on them. They would be even more extreme but and I think that that's a mental gymnastic. Mm-hmm. Why? Because they're saying like that well, because of us pat ourselves on the back, we are not having we are losing the war, but we're allowing this to save a couple a couple things a couple things and, and honestly and so therefore that's what justifies. Them keeping the seat. That's what justifies no the no change. Yeah. The no change. That's what just because we're scared that it might go even more mm-hmm. this way, or we're scared that. And so, therefore, I just did this mental gymnastics and convince myself and everybody else why we're so good. And at and at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I personally believe that that's one making an excuse for basically doing a shit job. Uh, that's number two, not having your moral foundation. Uh, sturdy enough to, to really call it out and say, it's all shit, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and, and so they just did this mental gymnastics saying that we are harm reductions, oh, man. But, but the thing is, is you're getting, it's always harm, 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 harm. It's kind of like, I was in a, uh, uh a political theory class when I, in my undergrad. And this guy was from Kenya. My professor was from Kenya and we're talking about harm reduction. And he says, well, if you have no moral foundation of what the, the least, that what an actual, right should be, then harm reduction doesn't matter. So it's like, it's like, and he used an extreme example, he's like, so if you are beating your spouse five days a week and it goes down to three, all right, did you win? Well, does that
1: matter? Yeah, You didn't
0: win. Yeah. You, this is still spousal abuse. Mm-hmm. Now you go down to one, one time a month. Did you win? This is still spousal abuse. The thing is that what we want and the moral foundation is you don't beat up your spouse.
1: Full stop. Right. We need righteousness and we've crossed the line of no return. And I think that a lot of voters see it the exact way you just put it about the mental gymnastics. Because what does a lot of voters don't do? They don't vote. So they're done voting for people that don't have a moral foundation. And I would argue that's the Democrats. And so, I mean, of course, I'm arguing it's the Republicans too, but I'm just saying you campaign on the things that you're given from the consultant industrial complex to campaign on. When it comes time now, right? Issue one, pro-choice legislation. Issue two, marijuana legislation. Issue 38 in Cleveland, uh, participatory budgeting. You kind of, you kind of completely forgot about the last 20 or 30 years of of pro-choice fight that you really kind of campaigned on and said, "Hey, donate to me. I'm gonna fight." For women's choice, you know, for reproductive rights. So you took all these campaign donations and now issue one's on the ballot in Ohio. I haven't heard anything from any Cleveland City Councilman, Sherrod Brown, nothing, nothing. The fight disappears when people can really get change. You know, your fight disappears. But issue 38, we know, wow, these people got a lot of fight in them. It's kind of against what the people sign these petitions for to get on the ballot, but oh, they actually do have a lot of fight in them. And so, um, that's been another eye-opening thing for me is are the Democrats at the state house Democrats or did they just campaign on the fact that, look at me, I'm a Democrat, you know? And so, uh, yeah, lesser of two evil stuff. I'm done with that. I think a lot of voters are done with that too.
0: I, I don't really know how to change it. The second thing is, is I, there's been, and we discussed this statement, this statement by Julian Castro has grown in me like a fucking virus. And I, I swear to God, it's like, the first time I heard him say, say it, I was like, oh, yeah, that's cool. I rewound the podcast and I, and I listened to it again. And I list, actually listened to it three times. I was like, that, that was really a good, you know, cooked up by consultants, you know, focus grouped uh, message. You can't champion democracy if you don't role model democracy. Yes. And then throughout the past couple months, that shit has grown in me like a fucking virus. Because then you see how the DNC is treating the primary election. And how they're moving delegates to moving the primary. They're making stacking the deck so, and putting their thumbs on the scale so that M. Williamson and RFK Jr. cannot primary. I don't give a fuck if you don't like RFK Jr. or Marianne Williamson. Let the people decide. And even if they get 10% or 14% of the vote, that's the people right. voting for them. And so you're not rolling out in democracy by putting your thumb on the scale of the primary. When I saw this, these uh, maps being drawn and gerrymandered, and I was saying, like, well, this is a harm reduction, when I, that is, put your thumbs on the scale, that is not role modeling sure. democracy. When I see that um, the party is making public statements, or not public, I don't think there was a public statement, but basically make, taking the, the line of, we support our incumbents in primary elections, when you know that there's people out there trying to primary the, these incumbents mm-hmm. for democracy, that is not role modeling democracy. When I, and then you see the same thing and then you see the same thing across when it comes to spending, when, you, when it comes to these other issues, uh, the, the, the justices. You know, the, there's, there's 18 judges running for six common police court seats. 18 judges. And you know what they're all running 18 candidates. 18 candidates. You know what they're all running for? So the
1: common police Democrat judge?
0: The party endorsement. Party
1: endorsement, right. They're running for the party endorsement. The party yes.
0: endorsement will, that life. will yes. almost certainly get them into office. That's right. Almost certainly. They're not even working, working, running for the people, they're not running for the election, mm-hmm. they're not running for the general, they're not running for the seat, they're running for the party endorsement. And if you're on the executive committee, you get mailers, you get phone calls, mm-hmm. you get all these stuff to say- A lot
1: of attention, a lot of we love. We
0: want your vote. So th- so now the vote for these judges, people who are gonna be paid, I'm thinking about 180 a year, and, and judge our peers, if they go to jail for life or if they don't, are getting chosen. Within a room, probably at the Holiday Inn in Independence, by four hundred people. I've been
1: there; it's fun, it's exciting.
0: By by four hundred people, for the party endorsement, and I know, and I personally yeah. believe that is role modeling democracy. No,
1: I'll give you one more example. I, I think, by the way, I'm against party endorsements. Yeah, we need to stop it because the two parties are are long bought and paid for, and they have no change in them whatsoever.
0: Well, uh, it's not even the parties; it's it's like me being on the executive committee should not choose who's gonna get the party endorsement so
1: that- You should let the, people choose. let the people choose. Let the people choose. Let these guys campaign. But it's a power structure. I mean, you're asking people to give up their power. That's and a lot then, of
0: power. And then once you, once you get in there and you win the primary, the party should back them up with the, with the support and the infrastructure yes. exactly. and the money if even necessary. But right. why am I choosing this? And then here's the strategy of some of them. It's like, can we block
1: the vote? <laughs>
0: right. So 400 people is literally Literally yeah. making that decision. Colorado County Democratic that is Party, not mm-hmm. role modeling oh, it's democracy. Crazy. It,
1: we've done away with people's right to vote. Except you will see on basketball courts and on billboards uh, in October of 2024, vote, vote, vote. This is the biggest election of your lifetime. Blah 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 blah. Don't worry about. It. We'll take care of the judges. We'll take care of issue one. We'll take care of issue 38. We'll th- you know, we'll take care of your endorsements. Blah blah blah. But you've got to vote for president. You've got to vote for president. And you've got to do this. You've got to vote. You know what I mean? And so it's it's a sham of a word and a system. Uh, I'll give you one more example of what you're saying, not role modeling democracy. It's the American power structure that has now said the Ukrainians cannot pick their president because it's a time of war or too, it's not safe to hold an election. Trust me, if Zelensky was polling internally polling at 70%, they'd be having a Ukrainian presidential election. So you, again, you have the power structure or your politicians choosing their voters and choosing when votes are going to happen. And so you're exactly right. It hasn't been role modeled for a long time. M- Money
0: in politics is another way. way. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I, I just can't get it out of my head. Say what you say about, uh, you know, uh, William Castro, but... Oh, it's absolutely true statement. I, I mean, I, I just can't get it out of my head. Um, what else is on our docket today? Um, debate, ca-
1: the Republican debate. Yeah. I kind of want to Melandas. touch on this this
0: government stuff down really quick. Oh yes,
1: yes, yes. Go ahead.
0: Because um, gotta I, touch on this. Because I, I, I don't I want to give people credit when I get when they do something that I approve of. And even though I ran against Max Miller, uh, even though that there are some policies that I vehemently disagree with or stances that he's made or statements that he's made that I disagree with, he put out something the other day that I was like, even though it's a peacock. Even though it's a, he's trying to be a show pony and, and, and virtue signal, I'm happy he did it. Mm-hmm. He put out a statement that says, if we shut down, then, we, then Congress shouldn't get paid. We shouldn't be able to fundraise. We shouldn't be able to use campaign funds. We shouldn't be able to campaign. We, our lives are done if we can't fund the government because, until we fund the government. Because right. we have to have the same com, com, uh, consequences. And I was like, Max, that you got it. percent. Right, exactly. Yeah, Nobody in Congress is going to vote for this shit. But oh, that's at least a great, up. yeah. That's a re- at least a good statement. And it's a great good, statement. It's and, the truth. It's the truth. And it's a good bill to put up. Yes. Make that, make that, make that a rule.
1: Yeah, yeah. Of course. I mean, how many times, how many examples do we have to say something for thee, but not for me? You know, and, and I mean, of course, that's the truth. That uh, that if you don't figure this out, you should have to take sabbatical. battle. for me, uh, one train I've been on for like 25 years is that. Uh, government officials should have to have the low end of what they provide for the people on healthcare you know what i mean you can't not be giving people healthcare who are again paying this ungodly amount of taxes every april 15th and you have phenomenal you know government benefits you know healthcare and so it, it, this is a big problem you know and so yes they should not if you are not funding the government and a bunch of people have to take um, furloughs or something like this, everybody should have to take furloughs, including the people at the top who's been in charge of this shutdown, which is going to cost some people some paychecks. Exactly right. All
0: right, we could could go through our past... Yeah, and that's going to be an
1: upcoming story here. This this is, uh, you know, it's lying in the weeds. How long is this going to go? What's going to happen? So we'll be talking about that in future weeks.
0: So you want to talk about this Republican debate? Yeah, I think we have to. Go for it.
1: Well, um... Was, Explain what happened first. Yeah, so they they had the second debate. Uh, it was seven of them. I can't remember which one from the first one wasn't there, but it was your usual players: Vivek, DeSantis, Nikki Haley, um, North Dakota guy, um, Burgum. Pence, Bergam, Pence, um, uh, Chris Tim, Christie, Tim Scott, and Tim Scott. Those are the seven. And uh, I had seven. We had seven when I ran for mayor. And I just thought that. Um, the debates I was in was a lot more...
0: Oh, Asa Hutchison wasn't there. He
1: That's, was the guy that wasn't there. Okay. Yeah. But he, he hasn't dropped out, right? No, I think he's just okay. calling too low. Yeah, and Trump, of course, chose not to be there. And, and him and Biden are doing a dance about who supports unions. Uh, hint, hint, neither one of them supports unions. Um, <laughs> but the seven of them, there was a lot of bickering. They did cover um, a lot of topics, a lot of questions Um, one note I'll make is they didn't get into Ukraine funding much at all and not until the second half of the debate. Um, But a lot of bickering between the seven of them. It was very childish. It was very childish. And and it made me think, you know, this is how Trump rolled through in 2016. You know, this is how Trump rolled through the the 20 of them or 19 of them in 2016. This was amateur hour again. And uh, I do think all the candidates, or the six of the candidates, kind of teamed up a little bit against Vivek Ramaswamy, who had, you know, a lot of populist kind of fervor after the first debate. Um, so they kind of, I, I think, all took little shots at him. Uh, I won't give a winner and a loser. I just thought it was no, not much substance, um, a lot of just insulting each other to South Carolina, Haley versus Scott. They really went after each other a lot on their records. Um and that's fair. That's not, there's un, that's what a debate is for. But it seemed more childish than substantive pol, uh, policy. It seemed more childish than substantive policy. So I was thoroughly unimpressed. And they were, it was numerous times they were literally bickering like all the seven year olds in a second grade class. And the teachers had to say, if you guys keep talking over each other, you know, we're, we don't, none of you are going to get enough time. If you guys keep talking over, none of you guys are going to get enough time. So, I just felt like that was the show. It was Amateur Hour. I think that
0: I, I think it was an embarrassment. <laughs> um, it was obviously staged for some kind of drama, you know, went up WWE sort of fight. fight. Um, and, and to be pr- perfectly honest, like I was watching it with Sarah, and we were watching it. And we were like, these um, these uh, moderators are not moderating. They're egging this on. I mean, they, they were. And even, they, and even though you say that they said if you... you that they, they did tried,
1: numerous times.
0: But they didn't. But, well, I mean, I'm saying not saying it, they
1: didn't egg on bullshit. But, but
0: say, saying it after they argued for yeah. 30 seconds yeah. it doesn't do anything. And they threatened muting the mics. They didn't mute anybody's mics. No, you they they should have did that. Yes. You can mute everybody's mics. Just guys, guys. Yes. Yeah, I'm, you're gonna go in in turn, mm-hmm. but they didn't want that because this was the drama that they right. wanted to create. That's and a they, great point. And, yeah. and Fox News made sure that they created that drama because they could have moderated, it, but they didn't give a shit. Um, so I don't want to think that they are not part of the the egg problem. On. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and and, and s- s- second is the re- reason. Other reason why I want to just point it toward the. Uh, moderators, is there's been multiple times that somebody was just trying to talk over and then the person that just talked the loudest and the longest got to answer a question that they didn't even answer or que- right. so got extra time, Right. and it was just like, uh, yell, 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 yell. Mm-hmm. I'm still yelling, so now they're going to let me answer this. Unacceptable, and this is, again, why I want to juxtapose it to the debate that we're uh, watching uh, live, is that they moderated it appropriately so people actually answered the questions, and that's why I was and saying- Only like,
1: one time Chris Harsh got out of line. Only one only, time.
0: And people put him right back
1: to the fucking <laughs> got line. Got him in his place. Real quick. Yeah.
0: <laughs> right? And so, um, and so, yeah, that's what I saw. I saw, I saw uh, yeah, that's
1: a good comparison. That's, that's well said. And uh, one other point I'll make about the debate for people that care that didn't watch it. I felt like it was pretty clear that DeSantis and Chris Christie, again, used the platform to kind of bash Trump and tell people we need to move on from Trump. Trump's doing this wrong. He's not even here to defend his position on the spend, on all his spending and blah, blah, blah. So it felt like all seven kind of, or all six attacked kind of Vivek and then Christie and DeSantis really made consistent times in their answers to bash Trump. So that's my note takeaways from it.
0: I wrote, everybody saw DeSantis finally say something against Trump. It was like, whoa, DeSantis. <laughs> whoa, did you put in your big boy pants today? Good job, buddy. Yeah. It's, it's almost like Pence's, Pence's wife giving him permission or something. Like, <laughs> whoa. Now, I, I, going back to what you said about oh, nobody supports unions, and it's like, if you support any unions, pass the PRO Act.
1: The proof would have been in the pudding a long right. time ago. Right.
0: I mean, look, what, what, the House has the majority. Just get the House to pass the PRO Act. Send mm-hmm. it to the Senate. Yep. I'm sorry. The, the, the Democrats don't have the majority in the House. I'm sorry. Uh, but, but, like, try to pass it through the House and see what happens. Or pass it in the
1: Senate, right? Pass in the Senate, make so, the House, see, make the ha- House turn it down.
0: And so yeah. it's like we're having this debate on the Teamsters,
1: and 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 they had they did have majorities in prior years and well, prior
0: cycles, exactly, exactly. Yes. And the pro was I think put out during a majority year, so mm-hmm. it's like, and and so like. We're talking about the Teamsters and UPS. We're talking about UAW. We're talking about uh, actors, the Actors Guild. We're talking about all of these different people. Um, Who else is trying to think about? Somebody else just this week said they're thinking about um, striking. Don't know. I just dropped it. I just heard it yesterday. Anyway, it doesn't matter. The PRO Act has been sitting there on legislation since 2017. What is the PRO Act everybody's thinking? Well, it does a couple of things. It facilitates unionization and it seeks to make it easier for workers to organize and join labor unions by addressing certain barriers and tactics used by employers to hinder uh, unionization efforts. It strengthens collective bar- bargaining. It addresses unfair labor practices, um, and it protects workers during strikes. Basically, the legislation includes provisions to protect workers during strikes, ensuring that employees who participate in, in lawful strikes are not subject to unfair treatment or retaliation. And so if you wanna, if you want to support unions, Support
1: the PRO Act. Actions speak louder than words. And at way, way, way louder. Words matter, like what you were saying about Max Miller, his statement, words do matter and they do play a role. But by far, what matters 500 times more is actions and legislation. So, because we know that Max Miller thing is probably not going to come to vote. If it did, just like stock trading, if it did come to a vote, it wouldn't get voted for. You know, so so the words do matter. Using your platform matters because um, it'll help get the ball rolling. If somebody else that's never heard that might say, "Oh yeah, if you all shut the government down, you shouldn't be getting your salaries. You know, you shouldn't be a lot of You Should be asking people for their money. You know, things like that." So, words matter because it starts a domino effect. But you can make substantial change, Barack Obama, Joe Biden, Sherrod Brown, if you just pass some shit.
0: And, and, and I think <laughs> that we've been let down on legislation that has been introduced and not passed, um, even though they were democratically um, Democrat-led initiatives. Mm-hmm. And in, then you put yourself in, in fucked up situations like we are with issue one here. And
1: Well, and I'm going to even use another example, cause, and it's on the list. You put yourself in a fucked up situation because now you have— Um, what's her name, died, Um, Feinstein died, and you have Melendez, who everybody's trying to get to step down. Your majority in the House is two. You have 50, I'm sorry, in the Senate, is two. You have 50 Democratic senators and the vice president to break ties. So they've put themselves in tons of fucked up situations, if you believe they were being genuine about what they were fighting for in the first place, you know, because now we have these two senator issues. So, you know, a lot of fucked up
0: the, the interesting thing about the uh, DiFi po- uh, passing away is, well, first of all, she's ninety years old. She should have been
1: lived a long life. Rest in peace. Look,
0: <coughs> how, how many times can we can we say this? That you know, you're holding on to some kind of weird ass. I, I think it's a mental illness of so people like that stick, stick on for this long. It's like, why aren't you training training up your 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 successors? And at the same time, it's like we say. With the whole debate about Joe Biden, he's like, who else is going to run? You're going to try to tell me in a country of 330 million people, there's nobody qualified to, 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 to run for president of the it's United ridiculous. States. It's only Joe Biden. It's, it's only an 80-year-old man that is obviously in decline. Oh. Are you kidding me? And you have, you have a 90-year-old um, uh, uh, die So what happens when she dies is you have now, now who's going to write the history? And you see what a lot of people are doing right now is trying to rewrite the history. The first thing they came out and said was like, well, they, well, um, um, not McConnell, um, um, Schumer wouldn't let her retire because he didn't want to appoint somebody junior to the Judiciary Oh, I didn't, even,
1: I didn't even catch this. I didn't even realize so, so this. So now
0: the, now the history, history buffs are trying to, <laughs> the, to write the history of why she was there and it you know some sort of a sacrifice for the country because Schumer wouldn't let her retire because of the Judiciary Committee.
1: Are you fucking Straight me? out of George Orwell's 1984, the history are, are, is written by the victors. <laughs> are you
0: kidding me? And, and, and then there's this like this whole thing of, and it was almost like on cue, you know, they came out with remember DiFi videos. They, on cue, they were saying like, oh, how great she she should. Oh yeah, retired. they had it
1: all produced. She, they had it all pre-produced. She
0: is a 100% um, uh, trailblazer. Trailblazer for for women, the Senate legislation.
1: She was a mayor. Yeah.
0: 20, 20 years past her prime though.
1: Oh my gosh, yes, yes, yes.
0: She is so old is that people there there's movies with her in it as a senator while she's still a damn sitting senator. Right. What was that movie? Was it Aaron Brockovich?
1: Oh, was she? In, I didn't. I, yeah, Erin Brockovich. Yeah. Well, was it? The,
0: and she was going to the Senate, like, hey, what about this mm-hmm. this environmental stuff? And she was talking to Feinstein about it, like in the in the movie. I think it was. It could it Dude, been, I
1: haven't seen that since it came out. It okay. might
0: have been Erin Brockovich. Or it might be something else. But she, like, literally, it was one of those kind of mm-hmm. issues yeah, where it's just like long we're talking, to, Sen- her time. We're long talking to Senator Feinstein. She's still
1: She's in the still a You're a making senator. movies about and, her. And, but not only was she still a <laughs> senator, right? Her family had already had uh, medical power of attorney over her. And of course, I think her family was still doing stock trading, you know. And so, it it's so blatantly broken. It's so blatantly broken. Um, and nobody, I I don't know how we get out of it. I don't even know what's the purpose, you know, because they're never gonna they're never going to pass con- congressional term limits. Why? This takes away their power and their group's power, you know. So, um, people are we we have been done transitioning. It's always been complicated throughout the whole history of the human species, right? Transitioning power, telling yourself, okay, it's time to step away, give this power to somebody else. It's a problem now in America badly. It's one of our most significant problems. These people do not want to transition power, like you said, train your next, uh, you know, your favorite uh, person in your office or, you know, person in your state, you know, groom, and train, let them come see what you're doing, take some of their ideas, tell them where they're wrong, work to transition your power away. Like when, like we do at the presidential level, Barack Obama certainly could have won a third term, certainly, you know, and so, and it's happened from time. So ever since FDR won four terms, and then he said, we're gonna, we're gonna do it differently here, you know, and so we need transitions of power. Feinstein is the best example.
0: Yeah, I think uh, actually, um I think Ginsburg actually is a better example Okay. Um, because this was another one where it's like she could have retired during Obama and we, we mm-hmm. would have had that placement there. And when she retired, and it just started the snowball effect of having the, the bench that we have now. Um, it, it, the, the interesting thing about uh, RBG is that, is that um, nobody wants to say that she screwed up because they respect her so much. You know, and nobody wants to, I mean, there, like, there's like yeah, this, there's, there's no a,
1: accountability there's, for the powerful.
0: There's this fear of people in the, in, either in the party or that, you know, just don't want to say, yeah. publicly just say, oh, like, oh, no, she was this. Yeah, she was great. You know, great. You know, when she was, when she got into office, she was the first this, Another trailblazer. You know, another yeah. trailblazer, trail trail 100%. Place. But at the end of the day, she she stayed past too long. She set it up for Trump to, you know, appoint, who took who, who, it is it Kavanaugh?
1: Uh, I don't, there was three Trump was, was I Gors- can't remember which one. It was, one was Kavanaugh,
0: it? Gors- uh, Gorsuch, and, yeah, and um, uh, the girl from Amy Notre Dame, yeah, ACB. And so I don't know who took who, but it was like it was the first thing was just like the domino fall. I was like, oh, yeah. there's the first one. And I, th- I think that was the first flip in the right. M- majority, right? Because now it's
1: 6-3. Well, it was always kind of 5-4 with Roberts, you know, holding on to, you know, allowing us to keep uh, Obamacare or something like that. It was 5-4 for a while. I don't
0: think it was. I think it was, you yeah, it was it was 5-4 for the liberal voters, the liberal judges, though. And then RB, RBG and the, and the, and the Gorsuch—no, the Kavanaugh placement was the
1: 5-4. I think
0: it—Trump it,
1: did have three appointments, but he didn't, he didn't re- replace all Dems. So he replaced Anthony Kennedy, who was kind of a, a, a moderate Republican, and he replaced Scalia. So he replaced two Republicans— So it was 5-4 with Roberts and Kennedy who could be somewhat reasonable. 5-4 Five-four Republican Court. They weren't going to overturn oh, okay. Ro- They weren't going to so, overturn Obamacare. So RBG
0: was the. RBG was mon- his
1: flip to make it kind of a hardcore six-story. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. If that's the case. Anyway, she's yeah. Still, yeah. still retired.
1: She's still retired. <laughs> yeah. Still so retired. And, and Roberts and Roberts can be found to to kind of fight for the liberal side on things. You know what I mean? That's really what you want. You want like we're talking about PB. You want people to be able to reasonably vote and consider both sides. You know, whether Clarence Thomas's of the world and even some of the lefties you know, you kind of know, you could bet your life that they're going to go this or that way on Roe v. Wade or Medicare for All or something like this, but you want kind of one or three people who go this or that way. Actually, and Gorsuch, Gorsuch is actually a good example. He'll go the lefty's way on Native American rights, you know, something like this. So. Mm-hmm. Um, you want that flexibility and that genuine debate, like we saw at the debate the other night. You want that genuine
0: debate. Okay. Last thing I want to talk about is this uh, Menendez. Yes, you said you
1: were you were kicking to talk about this on Tuesday. I said save it for the podcast, bro.
0: Okay. So here's my here's my question. Okay, everybody should know what's happening with this Menendez guy, Senator Bob Menendez of New Jersey. Uh, Feds raided his house, found uh, five hundred thousand dollars worth of cash, two gold bars, um, allegedly. This is what they found, that's not alleged, they found that stuff, but alleged, allegedly they're saying that this was used for bribery. Allegedly he had a car that was paid for by maybe Egypt. Allegedly he had other things that was paid for, maybe his mortgage was paid for by Egypt. But this is this. Honest, this is almost a cartoon bribery. This is like, it's, it's cartoonish. Um, Menendez's statement was, I'm old school. I'm old school, like I, I stuffed cash all over the place. Um,
1: yeah, my family does that. We're Italian. We do that.
0: Yeah, so it's like so, and and then people like were lambasted, at him. Like, why do you have cash? Like, you know, like oh, he look at him in cash. So, so
1: that's too much cash. Five hundred thousand.
0: I don't know. I don't. I don't know what's, what's what's too much cash. I don't really want to make that judgment. Um, I think that's just an arbitrary statement. Um, but here's the thing. The thing I really wanted to call. There's two things I want to talk about, and I want your opinion on. Number one, they are. Again, the cash thing. It's almost demonizing people to have cash anymore. You know, My grandfather, when he died, we found $60,000 in his house. Just many, many people
1: have this, yes.
0: Yeah, and, and, and it's not, it wasn't, he wasn't a, a, a on the a take. He no, wasn't no. A, an, a spy. He wasn't secret no, uh, he was a wasn't whor- being, he was a hoarder. No, he was a, he was a guy from the Depression. that said. That's what I'm saying.
1: Yeah, I need to, I, I'm I, not. I'm, in case everything goes to shit, I got my box. Of cash. The, the I, got six, of cash. I got my box of cash, I got my box of canned food. It's interesting that you, moved, yes, canned food, that you said 60,000 because we were hanging out with friends one morning and they said, yeah, my aunt, she said, you know, if we ever die and, and you go down and you're taking care of our stuff, we got, a, we got a cardboard box and it's got the word rats on it. And in that box, the rats box is $60,000 cash. You know, my parents got some money in the house. You know, they've had me over to say, here's our insurance. If we die, here's our insurance policies. Here's our cash. Here's our guns. Bada, 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 You know, here's our stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, and yes, for older folks, that includes traditional presidents on on the face is cash.
0: 100%. So I, I, what, what, look, I don't know if he's corrupt or not. This is the second time he's charged with corruption. More than likely, he's corrupt. Uh, but and I, actually, I just want your opinion because uh, I have three things I want to talk about with this, by the way. Um, th- so, the, I don't like the, the demonizing cash. I, I don't like that it's just like, well, he had that much cash. Why did he have that much cash? It's none of your fucking business.
1: It's his cash. But they've sold gold bars. Like you said, they have cars. Um, and this is his second charge Still, on
0: it. I mean, imagine if they ra- raided your house right now or your parents' house and they're like, well, why did those Italian parents have that much cash? Were they part of the Italian mafia? I mean, there's a narrative, just because you have cash. So would cash equals bad criminality now? Because you have cash? Now look, they, they they made a great they made a great statement. There's paper trails for all that cash. If he went to his bank and took it out, you'll see paper yes, trails. So, the
1: co-defendants' fingerprints are on the cash. Allegedly. This has not been proved in court of law, but the code in the charge, the co-defendants fingerprints is on the cash.
0: I heard it was his AIDS.
1: I heard it was his co I heard it was aides okay. fingerprints. Well, that's the thing about talking about a newly charged thing is, you know, I know, I worked in court, these cases take over 12 months to meet out, you know, so it's tough to talk about things, but go ahead, go ahead. Uh,
0: so, no, no, so I just want your opinion. Do you think that we should be demonizing people who have cash?
1: No, again, I have cash. My I, I, Many friends and family members have cash. It's not a, but, you know, we've talked about the stock trading thing before. Are you really represent, no, of course you shouldn't demonize for cash. But if you've got gold bars, $500,000 in cash, I, again, I just think that's a little bit unrepresentative of people. And this being his second charge, this being his second charge, I think Cory Booker put out a fair statement. senators, or representatives are held to a higher standard. Is he guilty? No. That that we don't send him to we don't throw him under the jail without a full discovery phase, trial, tr- jury of your peers, but I think representatives because of a trust issue, you know, you're you're managing my tax dollars. I don't I maybe don't trust you anymore. You you have a higher standard for representatives. So I don't demonize people for having cash in a safe or something like that, but I think it's kind of what you said about Biden, right? You said there's 330 million Americans. You're telling me this is the only guy that can run? in New. I don't know the population of New Jersey. I don't know the population of New Jersey, but I guarantee, damn to you, some other non-public servant or public servant can rise to the ranks of Senator and vote yes on this, vote no on that. He's not Um, I don't know that there's a value above replacement. That's a baseball terminology. I don't know there's any value above any replacement at this point with this guy. Numerous New Jerseyans, I don't know how you say it, uh, Jersey folk can do his job. We are all capable of taking some votes and putting up some legislation. So as far as I'm concerned, he's a swamp member and he can go because I care about people from New Jersey and their tax dollars.
0: I just want to say that you know, five hundred thousand dollars sounds like a lot. He said he's been in office for thirty years, I think, and he said he's been putting this for thirty years in there. That's sixteen thousand dollars a year. I mean, it's really not that much, you know, considering that he's making about one eighty
1: right now. Right. And I, I so, don't think the amount. I don't think I, I, the amount. I just,
0: yeah, exactly. I, I just, think I, the
1: charges are what matters.
0: Sure, the charges matter, but I just want to say it's like we say, well, five hundred thousand. That's not like you just said. It's not. That's not like to the average people. Look, if you, if you save money, most most people don't save money. They, they, they don't save money well. And so, like, if you could save in your compounds or you put it in the stock market or whatever, um, you know what? You could have a quite little, nice little nest egg. And so it's like... What do we just say? Everybody who has a hundred thousand dollars or two hundred thousand dollars in the bank is now all of a sudden corrupt. No, but no, but no, no other.
1: But they no. haven't charged any of the other ninety-nine senators or four hundred thirty-five House members who they could have more or less cash in their houses. If that's not the substance of the charges, the substance of the charges are we have these communications with these Egyptian guys you know you you you, de- you let this debating, guy off prosecution. Of I'm not prosecution. debating
0: this, I'm not debating the charges I am de- I am asking you about our demonization of people having cash
1: As an Italian I would never demonize people for having the cash The media
0: is and the narrative and that's what I'm saying is well, the, the
1: media n- is uh, how many times did we talk about that the media is unrepresentative of people
0: but that create but no but that, the how many times have you, how many times have you heard people why did he why does he need that much cash how much cash do, I mean that's what I'm saying is like we are demonizing people having cash And the same thing is now we have policies for it. Um, You can't send three hundred dollars worth of Venmo more without six hundred. I think it's three hundred. It's three hundred now. I thought it
1: was six hundred. I thought it was three
0: hundred, which
1: was ridiculous to me.
0: Anyway, it doesn't matter. Three hundred to six hundred is still the same thing. You send that; it's being reported to the IRS. It's It's being reported to the government. If you take five thousand dollars out of the bank or put five thousand dollars into the bank, it's being reported to somebody. People are like, "Why do you need that money? It's my fucking money." Right. You know. So it's like, why is cash now my cash? All of a sudden, this evil thing that I can and I, I think it's just a, cr, it's a crazy thing that we're getting away to this whole digital di- digital currency, in digital world and we're being pushed there. We're being demonized for even using cash. I mean, remember during COVID when people would put out cash, like, oh, we can't take that. It has COVID. Oh, on. that was. And it's a, like, yeah, it's fucking our currency, right? It's our currency. It's our president. No, no, no.
1: I, I'm, I'm. Uh, I just don't care about the cash part. Again, as as an Italian, I just did a baby shower. A Bunch of people gave us cash in the cards, right? I said, and every time on the microphone, I would say, this is the Italian way. This is the Italian way. You know what I mean? So, younger generation may give you Target gift cards. Younger generation may give you Target or Amazon or Uber Eats gift cards. 50, 60, 70 year sixty, seventy-year-olds—they're gonna give you a card with a fifty in it, or a hundred in it, or three twenties in it. You know, that's how my family does it. So, I'm not—it's not about the cash. I thing. so
0: love that. I, I, I just—that's the Italian way. That's the Italian way. Yeah, I, straight I love cash that. homie. You All right, know. fine. Next, my, my my next question to this. We just had a discussion last week about Russell, Russell Brand and him being deplatformed. Do you think there's a juxtaposition or a similarity between everybody calling for his resignation, innocent be, before proven guilty, he's been charged with somebody something. Same thing with Russell Brand. He was charged with something. He was, he no, Russell Brand charged, has not been charged. He's not been that. charged. He's been alleged.
1: Court of public opinion.
0: Court of public opinion. And then they deplatformed or demonetized him on, uh, you know, YouTube. YouTube. Now. Because of these charges, because of you know an, an allegation, this is an allegation, he's innocent until proven guilty, uh, senators are saying, yo, you got to resign. What do you think?
1: So I'm with, in my personal opinion, right? I, don't, I do not speak for you or everybody. My personal opinion, Senator Melendez should step down and Russell Brand and YouTube or Rumble and people that listen to YouTube or Rumble can all do what they want can, they can all do what they want. But I think the Senator should step down because again, it's a position of trust and you're a public servant. And if the public doesn't trust you and you're managing and you are tasked with the duty of managing their money, you're very replaceable. You're very replaceable. So I don't think the two have much in common. Again, I've can choose to listen to Russell Brand. Rumble can choose to keep him on. YouTube can choose to keep him out. I think Russell Brand can choose to sue YouTube if he wants. He may not win. He may get a settlement. You know, that's a, that's a, that's a private world with a lot of choices involved for the businesses and the individuals involved, and the listeners and the consumers involved. That's a private world. In the public world, we talk about that cop that, we talked about that cop that didn't care that he ran over, he ran over a pedestrian and killed the pedestrian. When you serve the public and my tax dollars pay your salary, there is a higher standard. It doesn't have to be the standard of the criminal justice system, which is uh, beyond a reasonable doubt uh, guilty. He doesn't have to go to jail. This is a higher standard. I think he should step down. I'm not saying he's guilty. And I'm not saying I, sh- I would have said, um, who's the guy from Minnesota? Al Franken. I'm not saying Al- you know If this happens to Donald Trump which or Bill Clinton, they're not stepping down. They're not stepping down. You know what I mean? They're not stopping running. And and you know you can vote for them if you so choose. You know, but um, I personally, if I was a New Jerseyan, which I am not, I would want him to step down.
0: When we see that Biden's getting impeached, we see that you know there's these. Um, you're you're you're. I feel like everything. When you want somebody out of the way, you make an accusation. Public opinion goes after you. And now we have this, I almost like a trend, where we try to find some kind of, um, and again, I think he's guilty as shit. Right. He's probably guilty as shit. And here's the other thing. Actually, my third question um, is that if he's guilty as shit, there had to have been at least 10 other senators that knew about him about this shit. You know, the governor, who Chris Christie was governor at the time while he was senator. He had to have known about this shit. Um, his, his boy, uh, Cory Booker, who were their buddy buds, and, and he helped him get into office, had to have known about this shit. and They had to have somebody osis else that was part of the, um, you know, the um, Foreign Affairs Committee that knew about this shit as well. There's no way that he's the only guy in a raise all 99 other senators are like, oh, my God, I never. There is, <laughs> this is despicable. There is, or his staff didn't know. Right. Bullshit. There is the, the. What do you think? Do you think that there? This just shows that there must be a web of corruption that is just absolutely fucking blatant like this.
1: Um. Unfortunately, I would I would answer that yes, I do think there's a web of of corruption. Um, these people have too much money. So I worked for a government job for over seven years. I made like sixty thousand dollars a year plus really great benefits, and. Um, you know, that's an, that's a fine salary. That's an okay salary. Too many of these centers, there's actually a good movie documenting a real life kind of sting operation against senators back in like the eighties when they were taking briefcases of like $25,000. I'll, I'll find the name of it. I got to remind to text you. Um, but I think that these senators have, have far too much money. So again, like I said, I worked a government job. I made 60 grand a year plus benefits. You know, I still, I don't live paycheck to paycheck, but I'm, in regular person territory with my finances, you're making 180,000, which sure is in a top whatever percentile, but it's not enough to be worth 25 million or 200 million or something like that. It doesn't really make any sense uh, when you do the math on it. You, you may be able to accumulate $500,000 cash, if you so choose, off a $180,000 salary. But some of these senators are worth $200 million. You know? And so that doesn't really make sense off of a life of public service. So I'll say yes. I think it's a, a vast web of corruption with many people knowing. And, um, but who's going to do the investigation? Who's going to publish it? You know, who's going to prosecute it? Again, we see Trump's been prosecuted numerous times, but not Joe Biden. And so, you know, we know Joe Biden has documents. We know Trump has documents. Charge them both. Investigate them both. Publicize it all. You know what I mean? And so that's where we're getting off the rails with kind of a, a broken justice system and media system.
0: Well, I just, I just kind of find it that it's probably damn near impossible to have somebody, if he's this corrupt, that it's not, um, there, there isn't just this, this core group of people within culture
1: of understanding
0: a culture of understanding yeah. exactly a culture of understanding like we're going to do our different ways and we're going to get ours that being said i don't see I, I, don't, I don't i just don't like the argument that um senators that have a lot of money are all of a sudden corrupt when it comes to trading and stuff like that but I look at bernie sanders bernie sanders wrote a book and he's a multi-millionaire because of the books that he wrote if you're if you're somebody who ran for president like bernie and is actually a, like a really public figure Writing a book and, and and making money off of it, I don't see an issue with that. Do you?
1: No, I don't. I don't see an issue with that. I, I think Bernie's rise to power and fame and publicity is a little bit different than um, some House member or senator that you're not too familiar with.
0: Maybe we just say you can't write books and make and you know benefit and profit off of your position while you're in office? He- like, for example, AOC, she could write a book tomorrow and oh, be a make multi-millionaire. millions
1: of dollars. Millions,
0: yes. millions. Yes. She could start a, a, a reality TV show and make millions. Right. Anything she does at this point can make millions of dollars.
1: So these, these um, that gets into something much deeper and I think hard to wrap your head around. You know, Marianne Williamson, J.D. Vance, um, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., they almost start coming into the public cognizance because they've written a book and... Um, if you follow kind of publishing corporate warfare and monopolization, uh, mergers and acquisitions, the publishing companies kind of, there's a big question of, are they in on the take? Are they in on the scheme? Are they, do they choose to, to, you know, make JD Vance a famous author? They choose to make Marianne Williamson a famous author and now they're candidates. Well, now they're writing another book. You know what I mean? So publishing companies and, and books and all this have a, me and you, right? You used to do another podcast, right? This is my first. I've never did it. We get We get like 12 listeners because we don't market it. You know what I mean? Um, how you rise to have an audience is a very nuanced and dynamic thing, I think. And uh, yeah, so that, that Bernie Sanders thing, that plays off itself, like you said, with AOC. It kind of like, did you get famous for writing a book? Are you writing a successful book because you're a, because you're a genuine senator or House of Representatives person? That's a very interesting thing. But my wife will tell you about which publishing company just kind of swallowed up the smaller publishing companies. It's very interesting. It's a very interesting world.
0: Yeah, dude. Um, anyway, good stuff. I don't, I don't know if there's anything else to, to talk about this stuff today, but I did want to. Oh, we uh, hit it all. Pull up, pull up their current listeners. We had nine listeners last week. Hey, now a whole nine.
1: But we don't. And again, we don't. We we don't tweet it out. You know, we no, don't man, put we're, it on Instagram. We're we just do this for. To kind of think out these problems, talk out these problems, and uh, just chill and become friends, you know.
0: But I personally do know three people who listen to it, and, there, and there's one person that it, that is um, UK Dutch slash building a house in Portugal, and he's uh, reached out and said, "Hey, I listen to your, your uh, Demer and DeBello show." <laughs> I know. Oh, I, I had
1: it. a couple of friends listen to it; they loved it. That's that's <laughs> great, man. I fucking I, I fucking yeah. love that. Yeah.
0: Anyway, man, it was good to talk to you this week.
1: Yeah, you too.